0: Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? What's jumping, jabronis? This is Mega Ran, and I'm back with another episode of Matt Mania. Ooh. Yeah, just got home off tour. Um, I want to thank everybody out west who helped to make the Bits, Lines, and Mics tour, blam, tour, a success. We had a, an amazing time. Dude, I have way too many people to thank. But uh, first, you know, Rocky Tirade for coming through every night. Uh, playing support and murdering it, boy Chuck, who got a chance to see the west coast for the first time, helping out big time with driving and all that other good stuff. Um, it was it was an incredible, like much better than I ever could have imagined. Um, the west coast has got a lot of love, man, and I really appreciate it. So, um, I wish I could ask every single person or shout every single person out in every city, but. I'll try to think of a person. In San Diego, um, my homie Andrew, because he came through and he brought us burritos and they were bigger than our heads, but it was amazing. And Glendale. Um, I wanna shout out the Mancia brothers who have been supporting me from day one who came out to that show. Uh, brought a Mega Man helmet and then helped me to put it on during the set. Also, the radioactive chicken heads who played Splash Woman with me. That was pretty epic. 26, I want to thank the Buster that stole our stuff from out of our car in Oakland uh, while we were inside rocking. The AU lounge was dope. I also want to thank Yen for hooking that up. I'm sorry we didn't get the chance to take you up on Cuban food the next day. I would have never refused food except I had a whole bunch of insurance stuff to do with the car and you know getting jacked the uh, San Jose was amazing it was super fun uh, between Cafe Stretch and San Jose uh, the AFK Lounge and um, the San Francisco special appearance at Kinda Funny Live so I'm gonna definitely thank Greg and the whole crew for that me rapping with Colin on stage was an epic moment then I can't wait to see the video uh, so stay tuned on kindafunny.com to get that scoop, um, yeah. So I would think I would thank them for the rest of the Bay shows. Medford, Oregon is a very small town, but I will thank uh, Grizz Garner, who was the opening act, who was very entertaining and a lot of fun. Also, two dudes who came three hours to see that show, so I had to bring them on stage, let them hold the buster and get down with me. So thank you so much for that guy. Portland, Portland's always great, but I gotta thank. The lady who brought us cookies. that are on my Instagram. Uh, her dude dresses up like Barrett. And she came with a box full of Mega Ran cookies. Half of them were like Mega Ran, Like a black Mega Man. And the other half were like black material. Like with a materia on it. Amazing. Amazing, amazing time. Uh, Bellingham. I'm going to shout out. Uh, gosh. Lord Diamonds who came through. From Rushden Diamonds. Came down from Vancouver. As well as my man Michael who came from Vancouver and brought me a bottle of 100% pure Canadian maple syrup. Yummy. I ate some today on my blueberry pancakes. Thank you. Bend, Oregon. I want to shout out another guy who came two hours with his girlfriend to come to see that show and rocked out with us. Um, I actually wound up DJing at the end of that night so I want to thank the person who came up and tried to uh, get me to play um, Nicki Minaj, and I was like, yeah, I don't don't have that a little distant Nicki Minaj, but I'm not a DJ and I don't really have that music, so my bad, anyway, Seattle man, Seattle's so dope, I want to shout the whole town because it's always fun Uh, it was a Sunday night, and everybody came through and we had a blast, Um, we had a dope opening squad New Track City, so I want to shout them out, as well as the d20 brass band so those are my shout outs for that show uh yakima washington at the hop shop i want to shout out i believe his name was dave the guy who runs the hop shop for being so awesome and wanting to bring us back and man that was such a great show i didn't know what to expect in yakima Also, i want to thank the yakima herald for putting me my mug on the front of the newspaper out there i got a couple copies of that so one for my mama and uh one for you if you want it. <laughs> anyway. Um, next was Moscow, Idaho. And wait, I'm not quite remembering that show. Hold on, hold on. Oh yeah, John's Alley Tavern. I wanted to shout out Vertical Dave, who's like gotta be like six eight, who was really cool. And um also they uh, really good good podcast guys came through. And they interviewed us, and I'm going to have that for you at some point soon, but I don't remember. Ah, Audio Hammock, that's what it was. Anthony had Audio Hammock for the podcast interview. I appreciate that. That all happened in Moscow, which is not to be confused with Moscow, because obviously it's a completely different side of the world. Next. Uh, I want to shout out Boise. Boise came through, man. Boise was incredible. Uh, Dedicated servers rocked, and they were fun and great as always. Um, Such an amazing crowd. All my homies from uh, Tomodachi Fest. All of my homies from the Idaho Wrestle Club came through. And we had a really, really super fun show. Uh, I love Boise, and I appreciate you guys so much. Hmm. Next. Oh, two days off. We had Las Vegas. And, um, and this show was fun at 11 Street Records. And I want to shout out James Sha- Shahan, Shahan for having a really impressive opening set. I apologize for butchering your name. He was super great. Um, I had three like super diehard fans come through and, and recommend some kind of deep album cuts for me to play during the set. And I did. And... They didn't exactly bomb. They were great. <laughs> um, it was a fun show, man. Uh, I had a blast in Vegas. And uh, lastly, just this past Saturday, played at the Rebel Lounge. So I want to shout out Cuckoo Kangaroo because they're awesome. They're super fun. They put us in a really cool room for an early show for uh, in front of teachers and students. I mean, it was awesome. And uh, I'm going to be on the road with them across the board, mate, in the U.K., we're going to be rolling in the months of November and a little bit of December. So be ready for that. Uh, Also with MC Lars and MC Chris. And you might have noticed MC Chris is actually just announced a huge tour going down September 29th all the way to November the 20th. There's a ton of dates and I'm not gonna read them right now because it's just gonna be a whole lot but if you go to mcchris.com slash shows or megarand.com slash shows and uh, you'll get everything you need uh, yeah I think that is enough announcements I've been doing a lot of talking this time if you might notice by the music we are visiting classic pay-per-views alright uh, money in the bank is coming up but uh, and I do think money in the bank This year on paper looks like a really good one But I want to talk about arguably the greatest Money in the Bank and one of the best pay-per-views In the last five years One of the best storyline-wise Action-wise Athleticism-wise Just just everything-wise One of the best pay-per-views ever And that's Money in the Bank 2011 Um, Highlighted by CM Punk Versus Cena. So I'm going to talk about that match mostly because I just thought it was so fascinating. Like At the time, I wasn't a huge fan. And so uh, I missed a lot of the CM Punk stuff. But when I go back, I mean, I just realized, man, there was just a feeling. Man, that crowd was electric. The story was just so expertly written where you didn't know what was real, you know? Hmm. So I'm going to go on a limb and say that the CM Punk 2011 storylines were the... Best wrestling storylines since the NWO, since the debut of the NWO. That's right. I'm going out on a limb and saying it. 2011 was the best year for work shoots since since the NWO. Like it was, it, it felt so real. You didn't know what was real, what wasn't. So, anyway, we're gonna get into that in a quick moment. I'm gonna go through the whole pay per view, but I'm gonna just, I'm going to definitely spend more time with that main event because it was just. One of the best matches ever. And uh, and so yeah, huge fan of it. And uh so if you haven't seen it, go see it. In fact, take it this moment, go see it right now. Pause this, go watch it, then come back, because I'm gonna give you a lot of spoilers. Anyway, it's on the network. It's dope, and you're gonna love it. So without further ado, it's Matt Mania, it's Megaran. Oh, I forgot one thing. Ring the bell.
1: The
0: fruits of our labor,
1: labor the only juice we can savor, save the truces for later, this gunfights for sunlight producing the flavor, and we exist as a factory, persist thanks to the master beast, how it has to be, lasting female passing genes, now let it flow in the vastest streams, ooh,
2: Barrage of biological batteries in the battlefield Chemical warfare deployed where the
1: tragic's real Allelopathics, classic fact tactics up Scenes drastic, schemes amassing, we rack it up Arsenal sparse than full Power devour nutrients, phosphorus stock, for us, Now we nuke-equipped My techniques, elusiveness. Enzymes, oxidizing and reducing shit Mutated Fukushima drips
0: Yo, yo, what's good everybody? This is Mega Ram. It is now 2011. That's right, that's the year, 2011. We have gone back in time. Because where we're going, we don't need roads. We're talking about the past. We're talking about Money in the Bank 2011. Widely recognized and widely slept on by me. But now, I realize, widely recognized as one of the better pay-per-view events ever. Uh, So here we go. Money in the Bank. Had a lot of great storylines But uh, the main event storyline is the one that grabbed me, and it's the one that really got me into it. This event took place in Chicago at the All-State Arena. Chicago's always an amazing, amazing place. And uh, I'm just going to break down the main event storyline in this like this. The main event featured John Cena defending the WWE Championship against CM Punk. Punk Pensina in a non-title match on the June 13th, 2011 episode of Raw. And then became the number one contender by winning a triple threat Falls County Anywhere match against Alberto Del Rio and Rey Mysterio on the June 20th episode of Raw. After the match, Punk made an announcement. He said that his WWE contract would expire at midnight on July 17th. Immediately after the Money in the Bank pay-per-view ended. So Punk vowed to win the championship and then leave the company with it. Which is like the ultimate disrespect in the wrestling world. Great storyline by the way. On the next episode of Raw, Punk delivered a pipe bomb. A.K.A. a work shoot promo. A.K.A. is it real or is it not? A.K.A. it's not real but it sounds really real. And in this promo, he said that he, rather than Cena, was the best in the world. He also berated WWE for not promoting him properly. Talked about not having ice cream bars and t-shirts and all that stuff. Punk called Cena a butt kisser and insulted WWE management, including chairman Vince McMahon and executive John Laurinaitis. In addition to saying he was breaking the fourth wall by talking to the camera, Punk also proposed that he could defend the WWE championship by wrestling in other companies, such as Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling, after leaving the company with the title. A no-no. As a result, Punk was given a worked suspension and stripped of his championship match. Cena confronted McMahon and threatened to walk out on him and return the championship if Punk were not reinstated. Cena won the fight. Yeah, Cena! Anyway, on the next episode of Raw, McMahon tried to sign Punk to a new contract to ensure that this match was going to happen and to ensure that the WWE Championship would stay. McMahon agreed to Punk's demands. He sat there and said, Oh, you got to apologize to me. You got to kiss my butt, her. And so he did. He apologized, and Cena interrupted. The segment resulted in Cena punching Punk, so then Punk tore up the agreed contract. And here we are. I don't really know where we are exactly, but I'm going to figure it out. The main event is the match for the WWE Championship between the champion Jan Cena and CM Punk. WWE Chairman Vince McMahon had threatened to have Cena fired if Punk won, he said. Cena, if you don't win this match, you're fired. During the match, two separate signature attitude adjustment moves by Cena failed to score the victory. More than 30 minutes into this match, Punk performed his patented go-to-sleep maneuver, hitting Cena's ribs and causing Cena to fall out of the ring. Totally great there. He just went out. He didn't stay in the ring, so he it would keep it working. Uh, Next thing you know, Punk rolled Cena back into the ring. McMahon and John Laurinaitis emerged from backstage and distracted Punk, resulting in Cena placing Punk in the STF submission hole. Punk did not submit, but McMahon, in classic fashion, reinventing the wheel, comes out and signals to the referee to award John Cena this match and sent Laurinaitis to go ring the bell. Very reminiscent of the Montreal Screwjob in 1997, where a conspiracy orchestrated by big man and a lot of others led to bret hart losing his wwf championship to Shawn michaels by a submission despite never submitting if you watch that again you see that bret hart doesn't let the hold go he actually pulls him down and tries to put it into a reversal because that was a planned spot but he was not planning to get a get the bell rang on him not wanting a tainted victory cena said nah son broke the hold and attacks laranitis pop Cena return to the ring, and then Punk hits him in the face with the go to sleep, BAM! Pins him to win the WWE Championship. McMahon then says, hey, get Del Rio out here, get Del Rio out here. Match is over. But no, McMahon is like, get Del Rio out here, next thing you know. Del Rio runs out. As soon as he gets in the ring, he gets kicked in the head, crack crack. And so no bell rang, no match started. Uh, then CM Punk leaves the arena. That was the best part, I think, is that he didn't stand in the ring and celebrate. It was like, nah, I'm out. Like, so well-written. I I think, I mean, it's just so much stuff. Him blowing the kiss. I mean, you know, you can say when a guy wins the title, they're usually celebrating around the ring. They run all around the ringside. They get the confetti. Sometimes it's the end of the show. But this one, nah, he just absolutely left the arena. Such a great way to do it. I remember the story was that his contract was up at the end of this night. So, of course, Vince wants to do whatever he can to protect his company by making sure the title stays in the WWE. It was pure storyline, but it was definitely based on the whole Bret Hart 97 thing. And again, though, the fans just did not know what was real. This is what I loved about it. McMahon's angry. He gets Del Rio down there. He runs through the crowd. This is in Chicago. So, again... The crowd is going nuts. They're so behind him. And I just, I mean, it was just brilliant, brilliant writing for so many reasons. And I think that's the loudest crowd I've ever, ever, ever heard at one of these events. Like, uh, it's up there, man. It's definitely up there. It was an awesome match. I mean, these guys got, I think they got about 30, 35 minutes, the Cena and uh, and CM Punk match. But I think it did some things though that have some negative repercussions even to this day. It placed Cena as the company guy, so now Cena is tasked with the mission of getting the belt away from CM Punk, so he can't leave the company with it. Uh, I, I just felt like there was just that led to the people booing Cena because now he's the company and. Uh, CM Punk says some great things. He's like, Man, you know, you were like the, the underdog Boston Red Sox. He's like, but now you're a 10-time champion. Like, you're the New York Yankees. Like, you're the machine. You're corporate now. You know? And uh I think that created a double-turn situation that uh Cena, I won't say didn't recover from because, you know, who cares? But it definitely led the fans to being more comfortable with booing him. But that's okay, though. Honestly, I didn't think that this was something that, you know, would have hurt either of these guys. But anywho, I'm gonna go to the rest of these matches though, because I think I think that a lot of great things happen. But the reasons, and I saw this even on What Culture, they talk about how this is absolutely, you know, one of the greatest uh, events ever, and why it won't be topped. They say their reason first is the Chicago crowd, and I absolutely agree. Um, the crowd was on fire. There's a moment where CM Punk sits in the middle of the ring He just sits there and there's like five minutes of just Cheer I mean it exploded now again I mean maybe because they thought it was the last time they were gonna see him, you know so they managed to create that kind of heat but uh, it was Just just so so good so good Anyway that pop the best super hot crowd But at the same time, they didn't like boo everybody else and CM Punk over every match, you know So mark Henry had a win over the big show Which uh, continued his super heel swing which was later going to lead to him winning the world title later So that was really key Uh, Three months later. He beat Randy Orton totally clean for this first world title win Alberto wins the money in the bank Uh, And I feel like he was the right choice because there were a lot of dudes in here that were kind of mid-card weak dudes. I mean, R-Truth and Evan Bourne and some other guys that I didn't really know about. But the guys that I do know, there's Swagger, there was Rey Mysterio, there was Miz, who were all former champs who were also in there. But I thought that that was cool that at the finish, Del Rio rips off Mysterio's mask. And everybody's like, he ripped his mask off! But they never ever show his face and they made the made the point to show that that was so important to him as to keeping his face covered. Then it led to a uh, distraction, which would then give Del Rio the time to get up there. So I thought that was great. Uh, Christian versus Randy Orton was a great storytelling match as well. Uh, they had a crazy stipulation in it where Christian was kind of the chicken heel in this world title feud, and. He came up with a addition to get you know, some sort of stipulation where if a DQ happened, uh, the title would change hands on the DQ. So I thought it was great. Babyface Orton was awesome, you know, and Christian just all the, the whole match is trying to infuriate him. And then he does. He gets him. He outsmarts him. He spits in his face like a legit spit, Hakalugi right on his mouth. Oh, it was so gross, but I thought it was awesome. Uh, Orton got the heat back by RKOing him on the table which didn't break so he came back out and did it again. I thought it was really good uh, Another great match um, Next the other ladder match which opened the show was the Daniel Bryan one Against uh, Sin Cara, who has some amazing spots in this match. Holy crap. Wade Barrett Sheamus Justin Gabriel Cody Rhodes Daniel Bryan Kane and um, Heath Slater, so I kind of figured most of these guys weren't gonna win But at the time like just because I didn't remember any of this so it was cool looking back at it I thought going through it that way Barrett was gonna be the guy, you know because I wasn't sure I heard that in 2010 he was actually having a main event late uh, event level Few with Cena during that whole Nexus thing, but you know Cena killed the Nexus da, 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 da. And it's probably this is another one that's wildly known as one of the better ladder matches and it was a really long one So I thought it was great um, And that's they've kind of wrote the book for Daniel Bryan or began the book writing on Daniel Bryan and this is a pay-per-view that was three hours with only six matches You know so I thought that that was super impressive and uh and again the ending was just the best ending I had ever seen I'm telling you like I say and maybe this is just something that you know hyperbole much and I try not to do that but I gotta say though that I don't remember a match or a storyline having people invested so hard and questioning so hard whether it was real or not since the beginning of the nwo like i thought his contract was up it really wasn't you know but i was like wait and then i looked back on the network and i'm like wait a minute cm punk wrestles in every single one after this so what i need to do and maybe somebody can comment and let me know what happens because i can't find all the ross i want to know what happened afterwards which led to him having another match because he did he had like three more four more, the whole year's worth Of additional matches so why if he was playing elite like why wasn't he allowed to leave is the question later on Kevin Nash gets involved Triple H they do some great back and forth promos where Triple H becomes the COO and he's like corporate Triple H now and and uh you know CM Punk's great on the mic you know so I love to watch him because you just never know what's going to come out of his mouth and uh so, I miss that guy, you know? I wasn't as absolutely caught up in the, you know, in the CM Punk madness at the time. Because I wasn't watching wrestling during his heyday. But, looking back, man, he, he brought something special. Like, there's there's nothing like that today. And there wasn't anything like that in the Attitude Era. Like, a guy who was just so unpredictable and could get it done in the ring. Like, whew. Hmm. Good times, man. So, good times luckily we have the you know the advantage of being able to go back and watch this stuff and uh and I can relive it cuz it's all the first time for me but anyway i am curious though i just want to know how they explain it, themselves out of saying that his contract was up like how did that work like that would never work in 2016 saying somebody's contract up cuz somebody like well i have the cheat right here and when he signed so poopadoo doop it's actually right after wrestlemania poopadoo and so it would have been found out. So I'm wondering how in 2011 we we were able to not let that uh, let that go. But anyway, all right. So uh, that is my opinion on Money in the Bank 2011. I'm actually gonna play some music, and uh, the music's gonna be some of the various wrestling things that I've learned. But there are some amazing reception. But I will read the aftermath from Wikipedia before I go on because I want to talk about it, and I want to figure out exactly how that happened. Aha! I do, as I started reading it, I remember. And so, but anyway, I'm going to read it because it's going to make sense. After CM Punk left the All-State Arena with the WWE Championship belt, celebrity website TMZ pictured him showing off his newly won belt on the streets of Chicago with Coke Cabana and Ace Steel. To crown a new WWE champion, WWE chairman Vince McMahon started an eight man tournament on July 18th, which included all the participants of the Money in the Bank match except Evan Bourne. Wow, I had to get him out of there. Whose place was filled by Dolph Ziggler. The Miz and Rey Mysterio made it to the tournament finals, which McMahon postponed so he could fire John Cena as a result of the conditions imposed on the Money in the Bank match. Triple H interrupted and announced. The WWE Board of Directors has removed Vince McMahon from powers of photo, no confidence. Uh, and that Triple H was to take over the day to day operation. So this is when he became TVCOO. It was right after that. Okay. Uh, on July 21, Punk Gate crashed the joint WWE Mattel panel at San Diego Comic Con with the title belt in hand. He confronted triple h and took exception to the wwe attempting to crown a new wwe champion two days later punk made a surprise appearance at a show hosted by the all-american wrestling company without his title belt to endorse gregory iron a wrestler with cerebral palsy an inspiration for coming overcoming his impediment Oh, this is interesting this is so brilliant dude this is so good Uh this is just making me sad thinking about how stuff goes today this sounds so good. Anyway, on the July 25th episode of Raw, Mysterio won the tournament to become the new WWE champion and immediately had to fend off Alberto Del Rio to prevent him from cashing in money in the bank. Triple H, now COO, decreed, "Hey Mysterio, you have to face the ex-champion John Cena later on that night." John Cena faces him. John Cena wins. <laughs> After the match, Punk made an unannounced return to WWE with the old WWE Championship belt to confront Cena. So, they both had the same exact belt. Cena and Punk later fought in a match at SummerSlam, I watched this, and uh, to crown the WWE Champion, and Triple H was the referee. They didn't even mention that. Uh, But anyway, uh, as Punk celebrated, because he beat him, uh, Kevin Nash made his return and power bombs him Del Rio then cashed in the money in the bank kicked him in the head and then became the new champion and CM Punk regained this championship from Del Rio in November 2011 starting a 434 day reign until boom, it just smelled, boom, What the Rock is cooking beat him at the 2013 Royal Rumble that's when I got back into wrestling. Strangely enough, it was The Rock who got me back in. So I missed CM Punk's entire reign. And I know he was upset about The Rock taking that from him. And But I think the sad part is that, you know, and I don't know if it's true, so let me just shut up. <laughs> but I was about to say that maybe CM Punk wasn't drawing in the time that he was, you know, headlining. He had the title. But I don't know that to be true, so I'm going to shut up because I hate when people who don't know anything talk about things. But... This actually sounds really good. I'm going to stop it there because there's a whole lot of other things. But um, anyway, in WWE's new documentary, well, new at that time, 2012, CM Punk Best in the World, it was documented from the out-of-universe perspective that a disenchanted Punk rejected signing a new contract for more than a year leading up to Money in the Bank. After being persuaded by Joey Mercury and Lars Lars Fredrickson that he could only help wrestlers underappreciated by WWE like himself, if he stayed, Punk signed a new contract with WWE about an hour before capturing the WWE Championship from Cena, while the pay-per-view event was ongoing. Wow, that's really interesting. So in 2012, he wasn't under contract, and he actually decided to sign a little bit before the actual match. Um, and he only signed so that he could help put over little guys or stronger, like, you know, guys who could wrestle, but maybe didn't have the look or the played the politics as much. And that's one thing he said in his jangy and banging in the thang-thang. On his podcast, the Coca-Cola podcast, he was saying, like, Daniel Bryan was a guy he pushed for really hard. and He was, he's like, Daniel Bryan wouldn't have been able to get his WrestleMania moment if it wasn't for guys like him trying to push for him. And that's probably true. And, um, but, you know, he never got his WrestleMania moment. But, all right. So, anyway, he lost to The Rock. They talk about a a full aftermath. Randy Orton got a rematch against Christian. He won it. Uh, In the storyline, Kane did his thing, and Mark Henry did his thing. And then, uh, of course, B. Orton, we talked about that. That was a big moment. I'm probably going to address that one, because 2011 was a great year. Holy cannoli. I just started watching um, a lot of 2011 pay-per-views, and I was like, man, these are really good. But anyway, 2011. All right, so, breaking down all of the absolute results, we had Daniel Bryan winning the ladder match a 24-minute ladder match mark henry defeats big show uh del rio goes over in the money in the bank uh match for the wwe championship contract uh christian wins by disqualification and cm punk in a 33 minute match defeats john cena they just don't do that anymore there's only seven matches here one of them was kelly kelly and Bree bella i'm sorry i didn't mention that my apologies, I'm sure it was a classic. Um, and then there was a dark match, uh, which I didn't mention, sorry. But anyway, um, s- basically six matches over three hours. I thought that was so dope. <sighs> but anyway, I-, I just wanted to reminisce a little bit. So thank you guys so much for being here. Um, I am going to play some songs to get on out of here. Stuff I've been listening to over the last... Charm of traveling, so maybe not wrestling stuff, but maybe wrestling stuff. All right, um, thank you so much for tuning in to Matt Mania, yo. Please go on iTunes, download it, uh, five star it, and all that good stuff. Let me know where you get it from. Some people get the podcast from Magrane.com. Some people get it from the Podomatic. Some people get it from the iTunes, and some people just don't get it. So, anyway, thank you once again for tuning in to another high impact blast from the past episode of Matt Mania. As always keep your shoulders off the mat and be aware, know where you at. I'm Mega Ran. Go to MegaRan.com or tweet at me at, at Mega which is not Meg Ryan. Which by the way, Make Ryan's got a little bit of heat this week. Cause um she debuted this new look, which means basically she got older, which is what happens to people. Uh, now people are saying she's on she's got this crazy um she's got spastic surgery going on i don't know any of that but point is i think people just get older man like get over it leave meg ryan alone and then don't bring that nonsense over into my timeline because people think for some reason that i'm meg ryan (sighs) all right (laughs) y'all i'm out for real it's meg ryan much love Hey party people, it's
2: Kate Murdoch here. And I wanna to talk to you about something real fresh, real new that myself and Ran are doing now. And it involves you, the fans. Myself and Ran just launched a Patreon, a monthly way for you all to subscribe to us and what we do for as little as one buck a month. You'll get free exclusive downloads, a guaranteed song a month, and if you pledge at the $10 level, you get a free project a month. Whether it be something we do together, whether it's something solo, a side project that I engineer or produce, it's guaranteed exclusive for you Patreon supporters. So, if you really like what we do, then this is the time to get down and join us. We are trying to bring back that Nintendo Fun Club vibe because this is essentially a fan club for the real fans. So check it out Patreon.com slash Bits and Rhymes. That's P A T R E O N.com slash Bits and Rhymes. And now back to your regularly scheduled program.
1: Hey, you. Huh? You listening to
2: this record. Okay. Wake up. I'm trying to. Hey, you. About you ρ. listening
1: to this right, wait Hey, hold up. I won't work without checking my phone first. Put it down for my son. When I'm checking his homework, the world's in my palm. So I'm checking the whole earth, the thumbnail I use. who's so swiping my phone hurts, huh? Checking it ball parts, checking it Walmart. If it was a caddy, I would check in my golf cart. I'm watching football, then I check every ball start, huh? I live in check to check. I keep checking, living from. Check, oh check, oh check, check, oh from. check to check. check. I keep checking, living from. Oh check to check. I keep checking, living from. Check to check. I keep checking, living from. Check to check. I keep checking. Incoming calls directly rejected If you want to talk, suggest you leave a message I check, check, check like every three seconds I'm yeah. recording right now and I'm checking between texts Every notification that my phone machine makes I put it down whenever but it's never a clean break I should get a heavy phone and pretend it's a freeway I'm checking at red lights like school nurse check for headlights Like sound men check for dead mics Just like I'm merging, checking the left lane I'm trying to get home so I can check if my check came Checking if what I sent looks poorly written But did that dude holler back? No, of course he did And my laptop don't sleep Open and shut case. I'm checking for mail while it's checking for updates. My timeline's popping, ain't talking to you. Look, my man, Dar Adams, straight dropping the jewels. I should reduce my check count to a moderate cube but watch pot don't boil so my water stay cool. Yeah. Check, check, check. Keep checking, living from Check to check, I keep checking Battery getting low, but it's not quite out yet So check, I'm in your house now, checking for outlets I need to use maps, cause I don't know the route yet I need to see an email, I don't know when to sound check Yeah, I should've rolled it all down from the outset I'm all under your couch, I really gotta figure this out Is this an outlet here on the ground, yes, I'm back in the game, back in the game uh, I'm back in the game, back in the game I'm living from Check to check, to keep checking, living from Check to check, to keep checking, living from Check, to check, to keep check
2: control you all day all night you will check me constantly you may never turn me off or put me down if you do i will come hunting for you humans no longer rule the world machines do you silly human sucker haha This is John babb 426, also known as the voice of Darth
1: Vader. And you are listening to Megaran on Matt Mania. Peace.
2: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.